0: Hey everybody welcome into the inside nebraska podcast he's steve mark he's greg smith and i'm zach carpenter we're coming to you from memorial stadium today about 20 minutes or so after matt rule thomas fedoni and chief Borders all met with the media for a press conference um, on the sixth floor of memorial stadium Um, Rule talked about just sort of a wrap-up of winter Mm -hmm. uh conditioning off-season strength conditioning sort of some of the things that stood out yes seven uh seven week winter um, competition. Uh, Fidoni Fedoni was the captain of uh, the winning team and Chief Orders was co winner of uh the individual most points. So sort of just a wrap up of all of that. But guys, what did you uh take away? What are your some of
1: your key thoughts from uh from today's media availability? I thought it was awesome that they're really making this this off season winter conditioning program about competition and mm-hmm. it, it gets guys more invested in it than I than I think just maybe getting them in shape. It's all about competition and guys beating guys and seeing who's who's faster, who's stronger, things like that. When you do it that way, I think you get kids more invested um, and rather than just telling them to do something because it's, you know, they need to. I think uh, rule is is definitely doing it the right way of making things fun, the competition and um, at the same time, it's helping the players out too.
2: Yeah, it's a different approach than just coming in like you are going to have to do winter conditioning anyway, right? But you're going to have a nice approach to it, to where it's fun. You have some competition, but also the team building aspect of it. Like we spent a lot of time today hearing from those guys about the things outside of kind of just getting bigger, faster, stronger that you had to do, whether or not you had to go with community service, you had to go see other teams, um, sports teams at the university play. Um, Matt Rule told a funny story about, you know, getting 10 college kids in the same spot uh, for beach volleyball and taking a photo and you're getting double points for that. Um, I just think all of that kind of goes into that team building a lot more than just your traditional winter conditioning.
0: Yeah, and I think that's one of the takeaways is this off season, which we knew, but now uh, we're seeing it after, like you said, seven or eight weeks is mm-hmm. this is an off season where the culture is being established, things yeah. are being built, uh, like I think you guys mentioned eating lunch in the cafeteria, yeah. eating meals yeah. in the cafeteria together, even even something as granular as that, where these little things all add up. and. Um, I know I've uh, kind of talked about this um, uh, before is Jeff Ekstrom, our staff writer inside Nebraska, wrote really in-depth long-form feature about Rules' time at Baylor, how he built that program up mm-hmm. and his tenure there. Um, he spoke with several high school coaches and directors of high school um, athletics programs and a couple of Rules' former players at Baylor and how he built that program up. And we're seeing some of the same things happen now. Um, and it's funny, like hearing we talk about some of those things, uh, like the competition, mm-hmm. um, like and uh, community service. It just sort of uh, mirrors a lot of what he did at Baylor. But now uh, we're 14 days away, exactly today. 14 days away from the start of spring ball, and apparently 101st day of the rule <laughs> tenure. Even he didn't know that until Keith Mann, the head <laughs> right. SID of the Nebraska Athletic Department and uh, Football uh, Communications Department, told him that. Mm-hmm. But, 101 days now, um, two weeks away. I don't know if there's something specifically from the two guys we talked with today that
1: uh, you're thinking about as we are now two weeks out. Yeah, we saw Thomas Padone and Chief Borders, the transfer from Florida. Really two super intriguing, at least in my opinion, guys this spring. Mm Um, I'll I'll start with... They might make that top 30 intriguing. They might might be top 10 picks, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, let's just start with Thomas Fedoni. He's a guy that a lot of people are interested in from Lewis Central. Everybody knows four-star prospect um you know we got to talk got that
2: fifth star yeah it was as the close. recruiting guy i gotta
1: throw that was under. close to the <laughs> to the fifth star but um yeah he talked today and was really comfortable up there was very open and engaging with with his discussions and um you know i i wanted to talk with him about you know his progress being made how comfortable he is as a route runner um and his off-season work uh he's at 6'6 right now but um he told everybody he's, he's around 250 pounds right now so like the work the work ethic is not going to be a problem with thomas fedoni or chief Borders, by the way um but uh yeah thomas fedoni was very very cool up there he he talked about how tough it was um coming back from those back-to-back non-contact knee injuries suffered in consecutive springs which is just brutal for somebody to go through but um i think he has the right mindset to go through it he mentioned you know he, he he's never wavered in his Um, I guess, potential His how good he thinks he can be on there. He mentioned the Mackey Award, which is pretty good. Um, He mentioned that he still thinks he can be one of the best tight ends in the country, which is odd coming from somebody who hasn't, like, who's played in one game in his college career through two seasons. But when you look at Thomas Fedonia, all the work that he's put in, what he could possibly turn into, I don't think it's out a stretch of the imagination to think that he can become that. No, absolutely
2: not. And I thought with those two guys that got picked to be up there as players today, we saw two really interesting things. You saw a guy in Padoni that has gone through a lot already in yep. his time in Nebraska and was part of kind of that last crew that was supposed to bring Nebraska football back. And then you go on the other side, you get Chief Borders yeah. who's come in as a transfer, who's part of this new kind of rule regime, even though Rule himself, would not say that it's two separate things and you never want to paint it that way. Um, it's just really interesting to see those two sides and you see Borders. And then, Steve, you and I have talked about this kind of off camera, like his personality was always Mm -hmm. going to be infectious. People got to see that today. Talked about TikTok, his love for being out in the community and why that's important as well. I thought he was really good up there, too, Mm -hmm. as someone that gets to be a part of that new era for Matt Rule and kind of the new style of player that he's going to have to not just be football players, as Matt Rule himself said.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, Chief Borders has a brand. He's aware he has a brand, and he's very comfortable behind a podium and a microphone, Um, but on the football field, He also fits the kind of linebacker that I think Tony White in his his defense kind of wants to start bringing to Nebraska more often. He's 6'4", 240 pounds. He has the ability to play at the second level as an inside linebacker, or he can roll down to the line of scrimmage as an edge rusher. I think that's what we're gonna see this fall from a guy like Chief Waters. Just, you know, fans are really hoping this guy hits because if he does, big time fan favorite potential. He's got the awesome first name, (laughs) the, the nickname Chief. Um, but you know if he hits on the field too and produces on the field, it's just gonna make everything that much better
0: Yeah, I think I mean you just touched on it there is why having those two at the podium at the same oh, yeah. time or one after the other on the same day is uh, Just an extra intrigue because mm-hmm. those two, two guys like you said top ten most intriguing yep. on the mm-hmm. roster because of how much potential is there uh, Physically and with their roles. I mean tight end could be a star position in this Satterfield mm-hmm. offense, so uh, there's plenty of opportunities there and then just there's limitless opportunities right now. I mean, we haven't even played it down in spring football, yeah. but limitless opportunities on Tony White's defense. If it's gonna yeah. be as uh, as versatile and chaotic, yeah. what I like to call versatile chaos is sort of the label I've thrown on it mm-hmm. after talking with the coaches uh, this this offseason, is there's just so much loaded potential for guys to be flying around. It seems like there's gonna be interchangeable parts, a lot of rotations and uh, fast, Fast tempo for how much a defense can be, I guess, uh, to try and match an offense or switching guys out in rotations. But um, I don't know, is there any other extra thought you guys have? My last one is I just, I asked about quarterback recruiting um, with uh, Dylan Rayola, the five star clear cut number one target uh, for Nebraska in the 24th class of the position or any position um, in that recruiting cycle. And I uh, asked what sort of the strategy was for quarterback recruiting. In this class specifically when you have a high profile recruitment like that that's going to be going deep into the recruiting cycle whether it's the summer um, or possibly even into the season uh, depending on how how long that recruitment lasts it's like what's your strategy when you have one guy there um, and quarterbacks like to be traditionally the first to commit in class and what's the backup plan and I mean, not much to say from Rule's answer. It was a sidestep, and like he didn't want to get into the weeds there. Um, kind of expect that answer. When they, anytime you talk about recruiting and specific players in uh, recruiting, but I don't know, Greg, you took away anything from quarterback recruiting? From Any the, thoughts where uh, we stand? They're
2: in an interesting spot. Like we, we talk a lot about that one recruitment with Dylan Rayola, but the, it's a tough spot for Nebraska because they you can't not wait on the number one player in the entire country, but at the same time, you have to have – a backup plan just in case because he has all the options available to him in the world of course rule danced around that he can't talk directly about uh specific recruits at this point anyway um but i do think that there's a lot of strategy that has to go into thinking about what comes next after dylan in case he doesn't come to nebraska But we'll have plenty more <laughs> about that moving forward
0: and, oh last thing um just update on casey thompson from today mm-hmm. um was still expecting to be limited mm-hmm. um and they're hopeful that he'll be able to throw a little bit more, but uh, still expect
1: him to be, quote-unquote, pretty limited during spring ball. You gave a
2: good non-answer yeah. on that because yeah. I
1: don't know any more after. That's after something that. That. that's something that I really noticed with Matt Rule. He is very good at not setting expectations. He talked about talking with fans, and everybody asked him how many games they're going to win this season. Mm-hmm. He says, I don't know. I'm not going to put a number on it. We're just going to get better every single um, day, we're going to get 1% better, which is the cliche, but I think Rule truly believes it and he's playing it right by saying um, he's not putting a win total on this season. He's not putting any expectations on what Casey Thompson is going to do, how much he's going to do. He doesn't know when he's going to start throwing. Um, and I think it was awesome that he said that because um, maybe only Casey Thompson knows that and, and, and his uh, trainer knows that. So um, I, I think it's good that he's not setting expectations and maybe leading people to believe that um, something is going to happen this season that uh, might not happen. So
2: That leads me into my final point, which I really found interesting from Matt Rule. He's talking about how much he loves practice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is the sort of thing to me that can bleed into the team. Even if Matt, like I do believe him. I believe yeah. that he actually loves practice and he can't wait for this time of year. But if your coach loves practice, you better love it too. Otherwise, you're not going to play, right? So I think that that's, it's another little psychological thing um, in terms of him building the foundation of the team. I thought that was really important.
0: Yep, and speaking of the practice, uh, he said that they're going to get physical, yep. pretty physical uh, throughout the course of spring ball, which uh, again, like we said, is two weeks away as we stand here today. March 20th is the first spring practice sure. leading up to the April 22nd spring game as the 15th and final practice. And uh, we'll be covering that uh, extensively on the Inside Nebraska YouTube channel. So I encourage you guys to like and uh, like this video, subscribe to the. Inside Nebraska YouTube channel, We've got nebraska.rivals.com, where uh, we're going to be having plenty of written coverage about this press conference and plenty more about uh, Nebraska spring ball. Obviously, the recruitment of Dylan Rayola and plenty more from uh, Greg Smith on uh, that front. So uh, make sure to subscribe again, nebraska.rivals.com, for Steve Mark, for Greg Smith. I'm Zach Carpenter, and we'll catch you guys again next time.